Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. And uh, her name is Sister Burke, and she's going to come. How many love Sister Burke? She loves herself, and she, and she also uh, thinks she's the funniest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> and uh, but nobody loves her more than me, other than God. So I just want to say that God bless you. Yeah. Thank you. These are the these are the benefits. <laughs> Well, I do love myself because Jesus keeps telling me I'm supposed to. So I'm trying to be obedient. Uh, I'm going to take total advantage of Mike and Benjamin being in here tonight. Can you please come and pass these out for me? I heard that some people like to have an outline. So I typed one up real quick for you. And these are some ink pens. I don't know if anybody needs them or not. But. <clears throat> okay. Well, how's everybody? No complaints on a beautiful day like today. No rain. Woo! I'm happy about that. They do have some ink pens. If you need one, just let them know. So, uh, for a few weeks now, uh, Pastor felt to teach about self-disciplines, and uh, we've heard quite a bit about it. I don't know if he's finished or not. doesn't matter. If he's not, that's because we need to hear more. Um, but I'm just going to tell you this, as if you didn't know my personality. <laughs> After 27 years, some of you should know it. <clears throat> and after 38, some should really know it well. Um, sometimes I have quite a dilemma going on inside of my spirit and my mind. Um, uh, I ask a lot of whys. And one of those questions is sometimes this. Why did God give me a free will? Now, while part of me is beyond thankful that I have a free will, but the other part of me is very saddened by this dilemma. It's called my flesh. I'm extremely thankful that I have a choice to serve God. I am very thankful that I have a choice to be whoever I want to be, love whoever I want to love, do whatever I want to do. But as Apostle Paul said, the good that I would do, I just don't do it. <laughs> 
and the evil that I don't want to do, I do it. You know that guy who wrote several books in the Bible? He was pretty honest, wasn't he? Some people have trouble being honest about their own faults. But really, we need to know that we all are just flesh and blood. Pinch yourself. Yes, that's what you are, flesh and blood. And we all deal with the same things. There is, as Solomon said, nothing new under the sun. There are days that I wish we were just made to love and serve God. That we could make only godly choices. You know why? Because I get tired of fighting the flesh. I get tired of the flesh winning. Now, you guys may not, your flesh may never win. And you need a halo on top of your head. But I'm afraid there would be two horns pop up to hold up that halo. <laughs> we all, can you be honest with me and say, I get real tired of fighting the flesh. Anybody be honest? Okay, thank you. This is where self discipline comes in even though we love God even though we've made a choice nobody forced us we made a choice and a commitment to live for him we are not always motivated to do what is right so we have to learn to be self-disciplined in order to be successful Christians. So, my question is this. Why does the Bible teach us about self-discipline? And how will this make a difference in this dilemma of free choice? Self-discipline is like a habit. The more you do something, the more it becomes a part of your everyday life just try to do something the opposite try to start brushing your teeth on the opposite side of your mouth than what you re regularly do try it <laughs> you'll find yourself like you'll think you're gonna do it put the toothbrush in your mouth and you're like oh man I started on the same side I always start on we are creatures of habit. <laughs> Once we start doing something so long, it just kind of becomes a part of us. The longer we do something, it kind of becomes a part of who we are. Discipline is one of those things. The more I use it in any area, it, that discipline now becomes like a second nature to me. So let's say... Uh, Brother Dustin, you start a new job. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for providing a job. Woo! <laughs> We're all excited about it. I hope it's going good. This is, what, your third day. Praise the Lord. Good. So you discipline yourself um, by setting an alarm clock to get up an hour before you need to get out the door. And uh, over a period of time, I don't know, for some, it may take longer than others. 
kind of me I'm talking about. Um, so maybe after six months, your body gets so used to getting up at that time that even when your alarm, before it goes off, you wake up, and that's what my husband does almost daily. Five minutes before his alarm goes off, he wakes up. Aggravates him. <laughs> <clears throat> But your body gets used to those disciplines once you've done it so long. Um, several years back, I disciplined myself to go without sweetened drinks, any sweets, for one year. I almost had to go in the hospital. It wasn't funny. It was very difficult. I can't believe you're laughing. <laughs> It was something that the Lord asked of me, or I probably would have never done it, okay? But it's been so long now, even when that year was up. Man, it took me, I'm telling you, a good nine months without just cringing every time I took a drink of unsweet tea. I'm like, this is horrible. It's horrible. I love you, Lord. This is horrible. <laughs> but then it kind of just kicked in, and I was okay with it. And I haven't had it since then. That has been, I don't know, five, six years ago. But I did it for so long. I don't crave Mountain Dew. I don't crave sweet tea. I don't even, the thought of them, it doesn't even come into my mind because it's just been so long. But at any time, any of us can go back on a discipline, revert back to the old ways, whatever it is, and that can become a new habit. Now, Brother Dustin, if you go back from setting the alarm and you quit getting up, it might be more than a habit. It might be a loss of a job. So don't do that. <laughs> but I think we need to ask ourselves, um, considering the biblical view on self-discipline, ask ourselves why do we do it? What is the point? I don't know about you, but for me to do anything that's uncomfortable for my flesh, it's hard to do. I need a why. If it's something that just like, oh, I, I just don't know if I want to do this, I need a why. I don't remember, my mom could probably tell you, but I don't remember if I was one of those kids that said, why? But why? But why? 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 <laughs> Eleanor's going through that stage right now, and I think it's funny. <laughs> because she's not asking me. She's asking her parents. But if it made sense, then I'm all in. Which leads me to a point whatever we teach our children and several of you still have small children whatever you teach them you should have a why to back it up and it should be a biblical why now some things you know we just say we're all sitting at the kitchen table for dinner and that's the rule why because I said so <laughs> <laughs> There's your why. <laughs> but I'm talking about if you're going to teach them this is pleasing to the Lord. This is about the Lord. This is, I'm going to suggest very strongly that you 
find something in here to back it up. Okay? Because when they get older, they're going to look for it. Is it in here? We need, we need Bible to back up our beliefs. So in my phone, I have a list. It's pretty long. It's getting longer all the time. Of all the reasons why I need to eat healthy and lose weight. My lack of concern for my own health and my lack of self-discipline went hand in hand. So in order to do what was right, I needed a why. Besides, this app that I'm using tells me I need a why. So, <laughs> Oh, man, it made me really like dig down deep and think about it. And, but what is your real why? And I'd write down this. But then what goes deeper than that? And I'd write down this. So anyway, now I've got this long list on my phone. I had several whys. My decision to be disciplined about my health is based on my whys. So in this Christian journey, why should we self-discipline? Now, I didn't put these in any certain order, just as they came to me. So please don't think that, oh, this is the number one priority reason right here. So number one, you have a paper and you can fill it out if you choose. Because you have a choice. You have a free will. Do whatever you want. <laughs> you can doodle on it if you want to. Number one, why self-discipline? Because of the end result, the outcome. It's one of the main reasons to self-discipline is because of the results we witness. There are blessings involved in every area of self-discipline. But I'm going to tell you, I can't think of any blessings that go along with self-indulgence other than temporary emotional or physical highs. They're very temporary that go along with self-indulgence. Who wants self-discipline without results? I've had a lot of conversations with the Lord about this. <laughs> Ooh, you ask me this. I want to see results. And uh, of course, I eventually do see results. So our creator has a blueprint for our lives. He knows what is best for us. He gave us a set of commandments according to how he created us. An owner's manual, so to speak, right? The word of God. And at the same time, he gave us a choice. A choice to follow his commandments or not to follow them. For every single one of us, you can just choose. I can choose or I don't have to choose. It's up to me. He gave the, us those commandments though because he knows us. He knows what is best for us. There are blessings when we do 
follow his commandments. And there are curses when we do not. Sometimes we get upset because this person's doing that or treating me like this and this is happening to me and why are all these bad things happening to me and we haven't checked out the commandments lately that the Lord has said if you do this you will be blessed if you do not you will be cursed it's in there it's real it's the truth he is the maker of us all and so it only makes sense to do things his way so we can have the best possible life while on this earth right and then of course eternity so in speaking on this subject we could look at choice in this way choice equals either self-indulgence or self-discipline that's the choice we get to make either way self-indulgence or self-discipline either way we get results Hebrews 12 and 11 <clears throat> now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present but painful nevertheless afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it wow that's the new king james version let me read it again hebrews 12 and 11 now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present anybody say amen to that but painful it is not fun telling yourself no telling your flesh no but afterwards nevertheless afterwards it yields you're going to get peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it so the outcome is worth the discipline amen <clears throat> number two why self-discipline it's about our love relationship with god it's not all about the rules and commandments we say we love God if we truly do then our self-disciplined actions will back that up it will back up what we say John 14 and 15 is so plain it's as plain as the nose on your face have you ever heard that if you love me keep my commandments pretty simple now I say I love my husband <clears throat> but if I'm not disciplined enough to meet his needs take care of him make sure he's got clean clothes and make sure he's comfortable in the home whatever I can do that he knows without a doubt that I love him I discipline myself for love's sake I put my needs like making his coffee before mine 
I mean, if that's not self-sacrifice, I don't even know what it is. I can't even imagine the stars that are going to be in my crown, the jewels. I'm not going to want to throw it down. It's going to be... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but self-discipline a lot of times is self-denial. When you love someone, we can probably all sit here right now and think of things that we do for someone that we love that is self-sacrificing. It's self-discipline. He goes to work every single day because he's self-disciplined because he loves me and allows me to go shopping. I mean, my mom taught me to love goodwill. I can't help it. You know, where else can you get a $50 skirt for three bucks? It is. It is her. It's all her fault, actually. Self-discipline and self-denial can be one in the same in so many situations. When you love, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We want to let God know this relationship with him is a two-way street. The Bible says that he first loved us. Well, I want to let him know that I love him and I want to be pleasing to him. So saying that, I'm going to share with you my number one reason for trying to become healthy. And it's also number three on your paper. After I thought about it and thought about it and wrote a bunch of stuff down, my number one reason and number three on your paper is to please God. To please God. <clears throat> I don't want to be obedient to just part of the word of God. You know, those scriptures that are convenient. <laughs> I want to obey every part of it. I know it's for my good. And I know there are blessings when I obey the word of God. The self-denial that he asks of me as his follower will give me the best life while I am on this earth. That's something that I don't think people really comprehend. Some people look at the Christian life and all they can see is all the things that you people can't do. But what they don't see is all the benefits and the blessings that we have. We can lay our head on our pillow at night with peace, true, genuine peace, because we know the peace speaker. And we know him by name. We know him very well. He lives inside of us. First Corinthians 6 and 12 all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That's the exact scripture that the Lord showed me so strongly when he asked me to go one year without sugar. He saw 
that I was bring, being brought under the power of something. It's lawful. I wasn't breaking the law. I wasn't breaking any laws, eating it, putting it in my drinks. But it was doing my body harm. Maybe my maker knew that a cancer would form in me if I didn't stop with the sugar. I don't know. All I know is he asked and I said, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be so hard. For about three weeks, I had a major headache. Isn't that sad? Thanks. <laughs> it was. It was sad. This is confession night. <laughs> um, so it only makes sense to listen to him, to obey his commands, because it's for my good. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? You don't even belong to yourself. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I want to bring him glory with my life, with my attitude, with my lifestyle, with my body, with my finances, my thoughts, my action in any way and in every way I want to glorify God he said glorify God in your body and in your spirit you can be the most praying whatever person fasting praying person and have a rotten attitude you can't hide that from God he knows everything he said, glorify me not only in your body. So let's just say you're this thin little person and you think people that are way overweight just don't know how to glorify God, but you have this rotten attitude. No difference. It is so important. I remember when I was selling Arbon, and one of the things that they told us at the meetings was you know you get all dressed up and you look all good for these meetings and you look in the mirror and you check to make sure everything looks fine everything's in place and they said but the most important thing you need to check is your attitude well as you can see that stuck with me that was light years ago I think when I sold Arbon. but it's the truth we need to glorify God in any way and every way that we can. What that simply means is when people meet you, when they talk to you, uh, if it's your finances, if it's your body, if it's your whatever it is, we need to be bringing glory to him. Why? Because he's inside of us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So if I treat people bad, I'm definitely not glorifying God. If I think I'm holy and you're not, I'm not glorifying God at all. I want my life to please him in every way. 
How do I make life easier on myself when this battle of flesh and spirit seems to be raging every day? With the word of God. It has all the answers, even to the hardest of questions. So number four is, why do I self-discipline? In obedience to God's word. Paul gives us a very good view of the fight of self-discipline in Romans 7, 18 through 25. It can kind of be a tongue twister, so. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do this. But how to perform that which is good, I don't really know. I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, those things I don't want to do, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not, the things that I don't want to do, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. There's my dilemma of why did he give us a free choice? I... For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, God's word, the law of God. But I see another law in my members warring against, where? The law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. So with my mind, that's where I make my choices. That's where I make my decision with my mind. It takes your mind, your eyes read it, your mind comprehends it, goes to your heart, and we make a decision based on what we've just read, the law of God. It's right here within the mind where we must make a choice every single day. Will we discipline ourselves and choose what is right, or will we give into the flesh and do what is wrong? We need a why to keep us choosing right. Why should I? Well, because we need to obey the word of God. There's blessings there. Maybe on your piece of paper, if you want to, you can make a list of your own whys. Why am I choosing to do what's right? I've learned throughout my life that it's very beneficial writing things down making lists. I mean, now I have to make lists so I don't forget things. <laughs> Every time I go somewhere, I'm like, okay, what do I got to do? Now I just make the list before I go to bed, then I sleep peacefully, and I already know what I'm doing the next day. But maybe you need to make, make your own list of why. Why do you choose to serve God? Why do you choose to have self-discipline? 
by reading and obeying God's word, you are implementing self-discipline when you read it and obey it. We're going to look at a couple more reasons. Number five, why self-discipline? To win the race and obtain the crown. See, there are benefits to doing what is right. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 26. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Verse 25, he said, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. What he's saying here, striving for the mastery, um, it means to enter a contest, to contend with adversaries, a fight, to endeavor with strenuous zeal and strive to strive to obtain something. You're in a fight. We're all in a fight. Run. You're in a fight. He said, and every man that striveth for the mastery, everyone that's in this fight is temperate in all things. Temperate simply means self-controlled. To exhibit self-government. In a figure drawn from athletes who is preparing themselves for the games, abstained, they abstained from unwholesome food, wine, and sexual indulgence. We are to be striving for the mastery and temperance in all things. We are in a war. Paul describes it here as a race. It's a race, and we need to run to obtain. We're not just to take it casual and run as someone just beating the air. Nothing, you know, we're just, we're just running. No goal. He said, run that you may obtain, that you may win the prize. Run with purpose. Discipline yourself so at the end you will win. I don't know about you, but I want to win. Anybody competitive here? Well, I'm not going to call you out. But you guys did not raise your hands and you are very competitive. He said others may be running to obtain things on this earth that will corrupt and fade away. He said everybody's in the race. Maybe he's talking about the rat race. Everybody, all, he said, are in the race. And some are just running to get things here on this earth that will corrupt, that will fade. Some are just living life for getting more 
and buying more and something better and a more expensive this or that. But we are in the race for the things of eternity. Life everlasting, eternal peace. No more crying, no more death, no more pain, no more strife. I self-discipline now for the prize that is ahead. I keep my eyes on the finish line and I tell myself that this self-discipline on a daily basis is going to be worth it all. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Sometimes you even have to answer yourself. <laughs> we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Sometimes we get weary in this race. We get flat out tired and we get tired of the fight anybody love to fast thank you for being honest no nobody loves to fast why do we fast because it pushes our flesh down for however many hours you flash flash don't, please don't do that <laughs> however many hours don't do it <laughs> Can you please erase that from the whatever? <laughs> no, don't, because it was funny. So however many hours you fast, <laughs> you are putting your flesh down. You are saying, nope, nope, you're not going to do what you want today. Nope. No, I know. I know you want to go buy Intamins for breakfast. Nope. <laughs> you're not eating today. That's putting your flesh down. That's saying, no, you're not getting your way. Why do we do that? Because it's good for us. It's good for us to tell ourselves no. It's good for us to self-discipline. It's good for us to take control over the flesh and say, no. You, that's like, okay, you're in the middle of a conversation and you know that you shouldn't say such and such about somebody. And you're, oh. And you say, nope, not going to do it. You tell your flesh, no. And that's a good thing. That's self-discipline. And the last thing, number six. Why self-discipline? So I am not a hypocrite. So I am not a hypocrite. This is the next verse after Paul was talking about running the race. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. He said, I do it. He didn't say God did it. He said, I do it. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Pastor uh, brought this scripture up a few weeks ago and read the definition. Keep under my body. That means to beat until black and blue with bruises to wear one down. Bring in 
bring it into subjection to make it a slave subject to severe discipline these are some strong words that Paul was talking about he's talking about us running a race and being able to win the race not just run it like everybody else but win it obtain the crown cross over the finish line go to heaven but in order to do that, sometimes that's exactly what it feels like. You're beating yourself black and blue. You're wore out. You're tired. Why do I do this and nobody else does it? Don't tell yourself that lie because it's not the truth. Sometimes it really does feel like when you're putting your flesh down and you're putting it down again and you're putting it down again and I'm... I feel like just staying home tonight and putting my feet up. By the way, I could have watched it right there online anyway. But instead, we say, no, flesh, you're not getting your way. You're not getting your way. Because here's the deal. As soon as you miss, something's going to be said that was just for you. <laughs> I mean, we all could say amen or oh me. Yeah. He's saying, I've got to put my flesh down. I mean, sometimes I have to just beat it down because it just is so strong. Every single one of us have areas in our life where our flesh is very strong. No matter how spiritual we think we are, it's the truth anyway. There are things we have to fight Paul said there was a thorn in my flesh and I begged God to get rid of it and he just wouldn't you know why my personal opinion and we, we could pass the mic around everybody could give their opinion but my personal opinion of that is so Paul would remember you are just human buddy you are just like everybody else everybody has a thorn in their flesh that they have to deal with if the Lord would have pulled that out, maybe Paul would have gotten all high and mighty and thought he was all that and a bag of chips. But he didn't. He's the one that said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. He knew who he was at all times. That's what makes his writing so powerful. And that's why we can relate so much. We're talking about some very heavy self-discipline that he was talking about but he also tells us another reason why we need this very important factor in our lives as with everything else in our owner's manual the word of God nothing in our lives ever just affects us our self-discipline or the lack thereof has an enormous effect on those watching our lives we talk Jesus, we preach Jesus, we teach Jesus, we stand up against things that are wrong and we stand up for things that are right. But if we cannot discipline ourselves to be what he has called us to be and ask of us, then while we are preaching to others, we become cast away, which means unfit unproved and not able to withstand the test in other words a hypocrite and the word hypocrite means an actor 
a pretender. There are many reasons as followers of Christ to self-discipline. And I've only named a few of them. There are also areas in our lives as individuals. And I really need you to hear this. There are things that the Lord will ask of you personally that he would never ask of someone else. Okay, has the Lord asked any of you ever to go one year without sugar? Maybe he has, I don't know. But that's kind of weird. Sorry, Lord, you know what I mean. Strange, different. I didn't understand it. I just tried to obey what he said for me. Did I go around preaching to everyone else, you need to be going without sugar, that's going to kill you. I don't even think I said it to anybody. As <laughs> well, you didn't listen. <laughs> and besides, that was Franny. She always said it to you. Yeah. I'm going to pass that buck right over there. <laughs> pass that blame right under Franny. But there are going to be things, if, if you have a walk with the Lord, if you have a relationship with him, this love relationship, you see, he knows us individually, okay? And there are going to be times in your life where he asks something of you that he may never ask of anybody else that you know. Maybe you've never heard of it, but you know why? Because that's between you and him. It's mainly, I think, an act of obedience to see if we will obey what he said. He's just waiting to see if we will obey. If we don't, he may ask somebody else, but then eventually he'll come back around and ask us something else. He's always asking us something if see if we'll obey. Go talk to that person. Go do this. Pay this person's bill. Whatever. Whatever it is. And he's waiting on us to obey because we're his hands and his feet on this earth. But I just want to say, we don't know other people's lives. If God asks something of us, that doesn't make it a doctrine in the word of God that we can preach and teach to people and tell them they're going to go to hell if they don't do it. No, it's about a personal relationship between me and my God. And he may ask something of me that he doesn't ask of other people. And that's perfectly okay. And I can't get an attitude or a judgmental spirit about other people that don't do the same thing. It doesn't even make sense. You may not know anyone else in your circle of Christian friends that have been required to have self-discipline in the area that God has required of you. Sometimes... We have self-discipline because he has asked something very specific for us to do or not to do. It's all about my direct obedience within my relationship with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, let's look at this list again of whys even though they're not in any particular order. 
Why do I need self-discipline? Because of the end result, the outcome of it. Number two, because of my love for God and my relationship with him. Number three, because I want to please God. Number four, to live in obedience to the word of God. Number five, to win the race and obtain the crown. And number six, so I'm not a hypocrite of what I myself am preaching. Anybody have a why that you want to share? Just holler it out if you can think of something else of why we self-discipline. Excellent. To break generational curses. It's very good. Ben? Good. So our physical bodies are healthier. It's good. Pleasing to the Lord. Raymond? So we can teach others. Very good. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of people watching, isn't there? <laughs> watching our lives. Somebody else have their hand up? Anybody? Did you write down a why for yourself? Austin? It's good to remind ourselves the person we want to be. Right, so we learn. Yeah, we learn from our mistakes so we don't repeat them. We learn from, yes, I understand what you're saying.
That's beautiful. And I think that's what we all want as parents, you know, to teach our children the truth. And the uh, Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. I think the greatest thing that we can give to our kids is the love that God has given to us. That love that just absolutely never stops. Continuous. Just, we can make 15 mistakes in one day and he still loves us. It's awesome. I think these self-disciplines that we've been talking about will help us to be better, better parents, better people, better Christians overall. And uh, we all want to be better, right? Anybody else had a thought on that before we dismiss? No otherwise? All right. Well, I want us to pray, and I just want us to ask the Lord. As individual as we all are, we all fight different things of the flesh. Here's the deal. When you ask the Lord to show you what that is, he will show you. <laughs> and then ask him to give you a way to combat that, to fight that. Maybe it's on this list, one of those things. Um, ask him to show you a way. In what way do I need self-discipline in my life to make me better and more like Christ? Can we pray that? Lord, we're so thankful for your word, God, your word that speaks truth.